Good afternoon. Welcome to our first podcast episode where we will be interviewing women who are artists. And the episode is called Women, Art, and Money. This is Priestess Shoshana with Temple de la Luna. We are a women's empowerment organization that helps women with physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial health. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Ali Serrano. Ali, can you introduce yourselves for us today? I'd be happy to. Hi, everyone. My name is Ali Serrano, and I am a portrait photographer located in Tampa, Florida, and I service uh, a lot of women, some men, but mainly women uh, all over Tampa, uh, all over Florida and beyond. Awesome. And I noticed you have this beautiful accent. Can you tell us where you're from originally? I would love to. I'm originally <laughs> from the Czech Republic. Uh, I've lived here in the U.S. since uh, my 18th uh, birthday, and uh, I'm, I've gone back to visit, but this is my home now. <laughs> Absolutely. And when you moved to the United States, I'm assuming that there was like an inspiration that you had that led you to your current position as a photographer and as an artist. And I wanna take a minute to uh, acknowledge some of your accomplishments that you've made throughout the years. One of them that I know of right off the top is that you do portraits for women who have gone through some sort of transformation or hardship within their life. And they went from feeling and experiencing their beauty and their empowerment to feeling and experiencing a lack of their empowerment and that the focus of your photography is to draw out the uh, power but also the beauty inside of women therefore giving them a, really a healing within the time frame that you work with these women. I also know that you spend copious amounts of hours talking to them, interviewing them, and understanding what their story is and there's something really valuable about that because Often people don't get heard, they don't get listened to. And what I noticed about you that was unique is, is that part of the interview process that you do with your clients really opens up a space for the photography to be a transformation. Uh, that is correct. My big goal is to connect with uh, women and to uh, help them bring out their, their sunshine. Uh, a lot of... Uh, individuals and a lot of women hide their true self uh, and they become the person that they are supposed to be and uh, in me personally I've had um, as a child I was bullied for having red hair and uh, a lot of kids were uh, laughing at me and joking at me and making me feel uncomfortable and so of course years later um, I was drawn to the art of portraiture and the art of empowerment within the portrait sphere uh, because I want to help other women feel good about themselves. We look in a mirror and all we see is our flaws. And I, my goal is to have you see yourself in the way that other people see you, in the way that I see you as a beautiful, strong individual, beautiful, strong woman that should not ever uh, take uh, anything that she doesn't deserve and should only embrace the good things in her life. And, and with that, I know that you have a couple of veins. One, one is a corporate um, portrait for women who are, work in the corporate world. 
The other is family portrait to bring together the people in the family to heal the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And then the third and most unique uh, is that you use your psychic power and your intuition to draw out the ancestry that people have in your photography. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, absolutely. Um, I've devised my service into those three areas because not everyone needs uh, or comes to me for what they truly need. Sometimes they come to me for maybe needing a business portrait or for, for needing the family portrait. But um, the actual um, hierarchy of the ancestry is something that I like to dig deep into because um, we have strong individuals and strong spirits and strong um, ancestors behind us that are that continue to guide us into our future and into our path and it's important to bring that out and I feel like part of the heritage portrait part of the family is bringing out that those those individuals that are not necessarily present physically but are still part of our story. Absolutely. And I would imagine that those portraits look uh, spectacular. Can you describe for our listeners what your portraits end up becoming like? Uh, a lot of my portraits are magazine styled. Uh, my goal is for it to be a sensational work of art that embodies who you are, embodies uh, what you are interested in or some of the specific things or colors or flavors that are part of your heritage that are part of who you are and um, at, at the end of the day i want you to have it that, that portrait being on your wall i want you to look at it and i want you to be empowered by it anytime you see it so it it ends up being not just a regular capture but it ends up being basically a work of art that i create with my camera and with you as participant because I could do the same concept for 10 different people, but it's still gonna be 10 different works of art because each one brings out their own individuality into the portrait. Yeah, I agree. And, and when I went into your studio, what I was taken by was this, you had this portrait on the wall that was a, a, a very dark skinned black female and you had spent hours and hours of time decorating her with gold paint and gold sparkles and gold feathers. <laughs> yes, that is that portrait I actually called my gold girl uh, <laughs> because it was a, an inspired portrait themed for Christmas, but it was all in, in gold. And she's actually nude uh, or was in the portrait, although you can't see uh, what she wears in, in the actual final portrait because her arms are covering any parts that she would be uncomfortable with but she's covered in gold paint she's covered in gold leaves and it's um it's one of my inspirations um i love looking at it that's why it's still on my wall because it's a portrait that i love to get inspired by yeah i love that one and then uh, i'll let our listeners know that how i met ali serrano who her art can be viewed at her website which is aliserrano.com She's also could be found on Facebook, Ali Serrano. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to shout out all of the places that people can find you. Um, when I walked into your studio, which is located in Tampa, Florida, um, we had decided to do an exchange for photography. You saw all of these different aspects within me. 
that mm-hmm. you wanted to pull out. You wanted to draw out like just all of the different art forms. And my whole entire website is designed around Ali Serrano's portraits that she provided me. Most of my advertisements that people love, which uh, took my business from getting, you know, probably like two or three likes, uh, maybe 50 likes at the most. I put out a photo that Ali did of me and one time it was shared 300 times and I received 864 likes on wow. that one photo. So it transformed not only the, the, the way that people viewed me, which was more accurate to the picture, right? Like you pulled out that magic and that power that mm-hmm. I provide in the photo, but it also gave who, it's countless. We don't know how many hundreds of women who needed help, who could not have received help because they didn't know of the services that I provide at our temple without mm-hmm. that portrait. So you're really making a difference for people in helping them as individuals, but you also don't know like where it carries forward and where it moves to, right? That's incredible. And, yeah, it is incredible. Actually, it's remarkable. Um, there is aspects of ourselves as women that is um, an unseen, pervasive, sexist reality that we live in. And the focus of this podcast is to take today with you and to draw forward some of those hidden setbacks so that we can move you forward in your business so that you can help others and that the chain continues to flow out, that we create a, a positive shift and a positive ripple effect for women CEOs and business owners. And the other thing that took me back was that um, what created the connection between you and I was that you were honest and authentic with me about your history. And it had to do with a large frame that you had in your living room with no photo in it. And I asked you, what is that picture for? And you told me that story. And Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable telling that story for our listeners today? Absolutely. Uh, so that empty frame belongs to uh, my best friend. Uh, she died when she was 35 years old. And I've known her for about 10 years prior to that. We've been uh, connected souls. We've been soul sisters uh, for while she was uh, living. And uh, she would be one of those people that when when she called no matter how far apart we were we would always catch up and it it was as if no time or no distance has passed and um if she ever had told me i'm not going to be here tomorrow i would not believe her i would say you forget it you're going to be here for the next 40 or 50 years and we're going to be so sisters for for that amount of time and when i got that phone call the day when she passed from a brain aneurysm Uh, which she basically had maybe an hour at the most uh, to start writing a letter to her parents before she passed. Um, It was a shock. I did not believe it. I, it it was a huge shock. It took me a while to, to realize that that's actually happened. And after that, um, I had two other deaths in my immediate circle that year. So if, if I was meant to get any kind of lesson from that or from her passing, it's the fact that life is not forever. It's the fact that I continued at that time. 
having a dead end job that I hated and didn't actually fulfill my path, didn't live my path. And it made me realize that it's time for me to start looking for what I'm actually supposed to do. What is my path? And um, her passing has kind of turned that around for me. And that's that's part of why I became a portrait photographer, why I went into business and um, why I continue to do what I do is because I want to make sure that we, none of us leave this, this uh, plane without um, at least following our path uh, to a degree that we can and living our best and impacting those around us to to do the same. So truly your photography when you when you photograph a female and you spend those hours and hours of time and days I know uh, with people um, you're you're helping them relocate their path is what it sounds like through your own. In many ways yes Uh, not just emotionally uh, not just see ourselves for who we truly are but uh some several of my clients have actually told me after the photo shoot they've left uh, relationships that were on on that were not good for them that um left uh situations that were not good for them found the job and careers that they've loved and seen themselves for being absolutely amazing one of my clients actually said when she was looking at her images wow i'm still beautiful i'm still worthy i'm still deserving of an incredible life. Uh, and she was in her mid forties, late forties at the time. So uh, it, it's incredible seeing the, the reaction and seeing the transformations. And that actually is why I do what I do. The fact that there's a money exchange, uh, it's more of a bonus. It allows me to continue, keep feeding uh, the business so that I can continue impacting lives. Absolutely. And that's a focal point of what we're going to get to is how we hold ourselves back financially. Mm-hmm. Um, as women, we tend to ask for less money than men do. And we're going to get into that because if you're making such a huge difference for people, the financial equation is an important equation. It's part of the integrity of your art. So to begin, I have a series of questions that I'd like to ask you, Ali. And the first one is, if you could um, tell us about your accomplishments. I do know that you have been an advocate for uh, businesses within Tampa Bay area for many years. Mm -hmm. I also know that you volunteer quite a bit with youth organizations, and I'm sure there's other things that you do that we're unaware of. Could you share your accomplishments with us? So um, my biggest accomplishment is uh, being able to live in another part of the world uh, with uh, not my first language. Uh, English is not my first language. So even the fact that I'm able to survive and thrive here is a a huge accomplishment for me. And um, other than that, um, I am involved in a lot of different uh, networking organizations. So that's one way of me to reach people and to connect with people, but also connect people to each other. Um, A lot of times if I don't, even and if I can't help somebody with a portrait, I at least want you to be connected to who you need to meet because I am well networked. Um, I do um, a lot of charity connections with organizations. Uh, for example, one organization that helps people get back to work and get back to their finding their path. And I do a quarterly headshots for their, for their people. Um, another group that I'm connected to is helping young girls go back into their path, especially those that have children. There are young girls that have children. 
uh, another organization that I've helped quite a bit was uh, relating to animals um, and, and adopting animals. So there are different ways that I get connected and that I help, um, but um, I could keep listening. I could keep, I could go on. <laughs> I believe you. So with the first organization that you mentioned, what um, can you tell us to kind of like give us an example of the types of people that you're providing these headshots for? So these are individuals that have either lost a job or, or are in the process of changing careers and or have been down on their luck on being able to find a, a job or they have not had a job for a while. Maybe they were stay at home moms and now they're going back to workforce and there's a certain degree of career shifting. Um, this organization helps get your resume together, get you the right coaches, uh, maybe connects you with uh, other groups that help get your outfits together if you're in a, in a lower income area. Um, and part of me coming there and doing their, their headshots is to kind of help get your LinkedIn up on, on par so that people, when, when you're looking at potential jobs, they, they look at your LinkedIn page, or maybe you can put it as, as part of your business card or as part of your resume. Uh, they see you in a way that you appear professional and not in the way that you would maybe capture a selfie of yourself. So it definitely elevates you into the next level as far as an employee goes. Um, and it helps to find you the right path for, for your future. With all the organizations that you volunteer for, and then I also know that you do an annual youth camp where um, the children have lost a loved one, either a father, a mother, or someone very close to them, and that they are in a phase of deep uh, danger and mourning. And the youth camp is designed to bring all the children together to create hope, to create healing. I know that you volunteer for that organization. And then you mentioned three, and then I, I'm sure there's more. How much hours do you feel like you could calculate that you volunteer per? Um, it has changed a little bit due to COVID. Some of the uh, team uh, events uh, were not as active, but if I could do put a number on it, um, at least 10 hours per week, maybe, if not more. Okay. So approximately 40 hours a month. Quite a bit, yeah. Okay, got that. Thank you. Um, I wanna ask you some questions about your, your path and what it took for you to accomplish where you are now uh, mm -hmm. from the beginning of your, you know, your art to where you are now. <laughs> we have a thunderstorm happening. It's <laughs> 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 beautiful. Um, so, can you kind of reach into your memory bank and into your heart and tell us what are some of the hardships that you went through to accomplish the goals that you have? I really had to dig deep. Uh, when I started the business, when I decided on the business name, decided on the domain name, uh, and decided on a direction that I want to go with, with my portraits, um, I really had to dig deep because um, part of being a business owner is you overcoming other people's objections and a lot of times people will point the things that you're uh, for example if i don't see my value how am i expected to charge the right amount to continue running my business if i don't see my own value how can other people see my own value so as far as overcoming my own inter uh, demons was a big part of that um 
I there there I could speak on just that topic alone. Everything that that um, I had to overcome within myself. Um, and can you share some of that with us? I didn't. I wouldn't necessarily see myself as 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 valuable enough to even charge any money. Um, if or when I first started my business, I was really happy to just give everything for free uh, until it came to the point of time of paying the bills. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm, I don't, I, there's nothing left because I didn't charge anything. So then I had to, okay, I need to actually put a value there. Um, and then, so kind of overcoming those objections. And then sometimes people would come to me and they would, well, you, you like other people charge this. Why don't you? charge what they do, well, there's a difference between my value, what I provide and versus what other photographers provide. A lot of photographers just click the button on the camera, set up the light, but I add this whole extra empowering, empowering to my business. So there's a different value there. So overcoming those objections. And then even once I understood on, okay, I need to value myself enough to charge this right amount to run my business and to sustain myself, then I had to learn to keep those those funds because part of having that that block was if I accepted money, then it was really easy for me to give it away and for me to spend it on stuff so that I still wouldn't have anything. So there are several different layers of value there um, that I had to work through to kind of keep moving forward. Got it. I just really love what you just said about the value, the keeping it and the requesting of it um, mm -hmm. because right there, it's not a conversation that women have. Women don't have conversations about finances in the same way that men organizations do. It's considered to be normal that men would charge their value, absolutely normal. Um, however, what you experienced as a personal transformation and a personal block in your value actually is something that every female CEO does go through. Right. Um, and creating kind of like uh, disappearing the myth that we have personal problems and, inclu and including the reality of that. It's not that we have personal holdbacks. It's that the holdback is pervasive because we're still dealing with the difference between female ma male business dynamics. It's mm -hmm. oh, good. Um, I would really love for you to share with us some of your dreams that you've had that actually came true and uh, specifically like a certain dream and, and how it actually came true for you. One of my biggest dreams was uh, when I was a child, um, where I grew up, it was understood to just have a job that pays the bills and then do your fun stuff on nights and weekends. Um, that's the mentality I was brought up with and I never liked it. Um, I figured if I'm going to spend so many hours per week doing something, I really would like to enjoy what I do. And I really would like to have a meaning. So that was my biggest dream. And the fact that now I don't only get to really enjoy what I do, it doesn't feel like work, but I also get to help other people and I get to utilize all of my talents as part of my profession. Um, there isn't a part of me that's left unutilized wh when it comes to what I do. So I love that. One of my other dreams was to um, be on in a level with my business where I can actually provide for myself to where I can comfortably pay my bills, have enough money coming in and enough, have enough business to where 
I don't have to worry about if I'm, my bills are going to get paid this month. I am a full-time business owner. I don't have a side job that pays my bills. What I create with my photography is what I have. And the fact that I am at this point now is absolutely incredible. And I have actually just, um, I'm now realizing that I'm at that point. I always look ahead and I always look at what else I can do to better myself. But the fact that I'm now paying my bills with my craft alone is what been one of my dreams. So I'm really thrilled with that. And I'm going to use the word grit, but really what I mean is what sacrifices, like what was the grit that it took for you to accomplish your goals? Um, right. Because we all like when we're, when you're, when you're working your art and you're, you're pushing through the barriers and you're pushing through the, the, the holdbacks and all of the challenges and you're going from survival into, into, balance meaning that you can pay your bills and all this and then we're going to move to a conversation about thriving yeah right because really with what you do and where you're at you should be way past being able to pay your bills you should be having an income that really matches the quality of your work and that's my goal that's yeah. my goal in this whole series that i'm doing and i'm trying to get this out to as many people as possible uh, so for our listeners, and then also for you, if you know somebody who you feel should be interviewed in this series of an accomplished female CEO, an accomplished artist, an accomplished spiritist, spirit worker, get them in front of us so that we can bring their stories in so that we can start to see kind of the hidden dynamics. And it's like puzzle pieces. We have to put it together and community needs to arise for women to start supporting women in making these natural and normal breakthroughs that lead you to having the income of, you know, 200,000, 300,000 per year is really what your, your art is worth. It's fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, no. And some of the things that I've been facing was uh, starting with my accent. It's not as strong now, but when I first came to this country, it was very strong. And to the point where people didn't even want to deal with me and just ask for some other service provider because my accent was too strong and they didn't even want to talk to me. Um, overcoming that, overcoming being a female business owner uh, in a really heavily, um, how would I say this? My field is quite popular. Um, if you ask how many photographers do you know, most people will at least have five in their circle, if not more. If you put in Tampa Bay a request on Facebook, reach out, who are my photographers that I have in my contacts for you? You're gonna get hundreds of responses. So overcoming that and being known and being having my name known and having my brand and, and my quality of work known has been a, a huge objection. And especially with a, a male dominated field. If you put me next to a, a male version of me, uh, they're going to command a lot more of the, the the sphere because people will assume that, oh, because he's a man, he knows what he's doing a lot more than she does. She's probably a stay-at-home mom and has kids and does this on the side. So there's this understood objection that I'm having to overcome in people's mind as to who I am and what I do and what I can help them with. And then going that from there to um, even like what my profession is, understood to be capped at like how much a photography should cost versus how much 
I cost, how much what I do cost, there's a, a value of, well, it's just a digital photograph. Well, it's actually not. It's a portrait that will stay with you for the next hundreds of years and that will continue to impact you and your ancestry. So you, the number that you're assigning to, it's actually not the correct number. So there's a lot of different objections that I'm having to overcome along the way. And with those objections, what have you sacrificed in your personal life in order to make it in your field? I've worked uh, since I've decided that this is my path. I've been pretty much working 80 hour weeks um, I work nights and weekends. Uh, I schedule photo shoots during the day. I go to networking. I talk to people. I shake hands. I exchange business cards. Um, um, I basically had no life. I had no friends ever since I've decided this, my path. I've devoted every time, every little, spare minute to this, um, to the point where if I look around who are my closest friends, I can count them on one hand. Um, and some of them may not even know me well enough because I spend every minute to devote to my craft. Um, it, it came to the point where my family started to tell me, you need to have some off time. You need to have some new time. And I had to actually start to schedule that to uh, have more of a balance in life. Otherwise, I would just keep doing work, 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 because it doesn't feel like work to me. But it's something that I had to really, really learn to um, overcome in myself. As I've been uh, doing the pre-onboard interview section of this series with, with artists, the various artists that we have lined up for the interviews, what I've already seen is, is that this is the same for all of them. So this was, my goal was to bring out the hidden dynamics that hold us back from success. And the women that I've been uh, talking to, What's having them be successful is an undying dedication to their art without any breaks, working 75 to 80 hours a week for years. And many of them have come up with very strong and life-threatening physical ailments because of it. Oh, yeah. And so... Helped me resolve. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, how can we, how can we succeed as women business women, women empowering women, being empowered if we're sick. Right. Uh, you're probably kind of touching on when you and I first met, the, one of the first things you told me was, why are you so depressed? And I didn't even realize that I was. It took you, somebody that didn't know me, to have me actually address it and start work through why am I depressed and why am I unhappy? Um, to actually face it and, and fix it. Um, so there are a lot of things that, that um, we could talk about when it comes to what I had to get through to get here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was intense. And we shifted it within 10 weeks, we shifted it, right? Definitely. Because that's the art that I provide. And within that, there is something that I, I will share short, you know, just briefly, because I want to keep the focus on you. Mm -hmm. But briefly, uh, what I go through is that my my job is to confront people on their hidden, their shadows, the things that are hidden. And when a priest or a male figure uh, confronts somebody on what's hidden, people tend to listen. 
when a female priestess confronts somebody and says, hey, I see something going on with you, people are automatically, um, it goes one way or the other, right? In your case, you listened and you were like, okay, this woman sees something. But it can go the opposite way where people get very defensive. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's been something that I've had to pers- push through myself and to keep being who I am and keep showing up for the, the, the beauty and the empowerment that I could provide, even though people tend to, you know, they want to save face instead of just be real. Right. And what I loved about you is how real you were. And so I knew you had some grit and I knew you had some already put some sacrifice into your, into your dream and your vision. And so it was worth me taking you on as a, as a client. I'm, and, I will be grateful because I would not be here if it wasn't for you helping me along. Thank you. Yeah. I love what I do as well. One of the, this is totally segues into this next question that I have. I love this. Can you remember for us uh, a random encounter? So this would be something not planned, like, you know, because as, as CEOs, we have to plan everything out, right? And follow our plan. But can you remember for us <clears throat> a random encounter, something that was not even expected that opened up something for you that completely changed the direction of your work? Uh, yes, there, this was early on when I decided, when I was deciding which direction to go as far as uh, photography goes. There's so many different genres of photography. And when I first started my business, I was still kind of looking at what works for me and, and where do I really want to go with this. Um, one of my uh, early clients um, was a woman who was really in a kind of a stuck moment of her life. She uh, was healing, trying to heal herself without any tools. And she was healing herself with alcohol and with the wrong, wrong thing. So it wasn't helping. It was hurting her. And I knew who she was. I've, I've seen her beauty inside, but I knew that she didn't see herself. Um, she was going through a uh, menopause as well. So this kind of um, didn't help anything. Uh, she was really just kind of going downhill. And when I took her into my studio and I did a photo, a photo shoot with her and I saw her look at the portraits that I've captured of her and saw her reaction for the first time, I realized, wow, th- this is not just a photo shoot. This is not just me pointing camera at you. This actually impacts not just me, but it changed her life. It made her to go to a doctor and get the right help and get the right medication and get the right balance in her life and even helped her personal relationships with her husband and so many other relationships that she had with other people in her circle. It, it, it made a, so much of an impact to where I've, I've decided this is what I need to do. This is where I need to focus because if one person can have such an impact, how many other impacts can I make? It, that's what really created my direction. I totally get that. And what I hear in what you're saying is if you help a woman, you help a, a tribe. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So we have this psychology 
And I want to describe it like this. Um, and it's, it's psychology. It's definitely in the psychology. And psychology is pervasive. It's like water. It's not something that the fish sees. It's like air. It's not something that we can touch or feel. It's pervasive. It's something we don't notice. And the psychology has us place ourselves as women, has us place ourselves below others. So my question to you, or, or the discussion that I would like to have is, um, can you work with me right now to identify the hidden shadow of that pervasive sexism? Hmm. Either on you, what you've experienced, or what you've seen others experience. How does this pervasive hidden sexism shadow our psychology that then therefore leads us to a place of being below others? It, it's, um, it's multifaceted. Um, some of the things that I've experienced and seen um, women compare themselves, we compare ourselves to others. Uh, we compare ourselves to what we see in uh, social media and in magazines and on TV. And if we don't fit that exact mold, all of a sudden we're less than. Um, if we have a different skin color or bigger hair or bigger nose and don't look like everybody else, then all of a sudden we're less than and we're not good enough. Um, if other tell us that we're not what they expect, that we're unique, that we're different in a mindset of good enough, we're less than. Um, if we do anything outside of the box, um, then what we're expected to do, for example, if, if you would have told my parents when I was 18 that I'm going to be an artist, uh, and the, back then the, th the thing was starving artist, although I'm not starving, um, it was all of a sudden, no, don't do that. That's not good. That's not good life path. Uh, it, it all of a sudden, it made me not good enough where, when I decided to go on that path. Um, there's so many, so many ways that we put ourselves down and that we accept uh, what other people tell us that we should be rather than just being who we truly are and embracing our differences and embracing our uniqueness. Yeah, and I love how you say it, like, rather than just embracing our uniqueness and our differences, as if it's just that easy. Right. <laughs> we, live, like, we live in a world, like an entire world that we get brought up into, and then we're also expected to just make it work. Right. And part of what I want to reflect here is not the male to female sexism. That's obvious. That's out in the open. Everybody sees it. Everybody, it's easy to see. It's acknowledgeable. What I'd like to draw forward is the female to female sexism, where women hold other women down, where women hold other women back, and yeah. where women hold themselves down and back. There is a certain amount of, um, of hatred when it comes to um, if I can't make it, you can't make it either. Yep. If um, I am, uh, for example, there's hundreds of photographers in Tampa Bay, right? And we're trained to be competing against one another. Well, guess what I did? I've decided to be friends with some of my closest uh, portrait artists, uh, especially the female ones. 
and and us work together on on bringing up the standard of what we do uh, in the eyes of everybody else. Why should we be enemies or friends enemies? Why can't we work together and help each other out? Um, why, that works in in all of the women circles, not just in my profession. I've, I totally love that. And it takes something. It's not easy. It's not just like it's a choice. It's an action and it's a shifting of the psychology. Yeah. Which segues into the next question, which is how have others tried to get, this is going to be a little bit difficult. So you want to think about this for a minute. How have other people tried to get you to perpetrate? Perpetration is when you've experienced a, um, an offense and then you start to do it to others. So let's say if you're a child and you've been molested, often when those children grow up, they start becoming molesters. Mm -hmm. So they perpetrate it on others. It's part of that psychology, right? If So the female to female sexism, women who hate other women and want to stop them from succeeding it's because they experienced that from their mothers or their sisters at some point right so then they grow up and they become the same how right. have others tried to get you to perpetrate the sexist opinion about being below others on others and this is a very personal question so i want you to reach deep the first one that comes to mind and um I'm going to preface this by saying I love her dearly. Um, my mom is one of the first women and, and will be the last women that I'll ever love. She's absolutely incredible. But she was brought up in a certain mindset, as a lot of our moms are, that us as children outgrow because the world's opening up and we know more than they did. And the, the first thing, perhaps selfishly, um, when I decided to leave, my homeland and, and discover the world uh, and move across the ocean so far away from everybody. Um, she was trying to stay, keep me from moving. Um, her goal was, why would you move to United States? Why can't you just be here with us and have a job that pays the bills and, and live the life that we've lived? Um, not realizing that that would actually stop my growth and stop my path and stop me from being what I'm supposed to be. Um, so it's one of those things that it, it was super hard to break through because I love her dearly and I wouldn't do anything to hurt her, but then I had to do that thing to hurt her to, to actually grow. And now she's thrilled for me. Now she's super proud of what I'm accomplishing, but I had to do that in order to grow and in order to be who I'm supposed to be. Well, and you also had to do it for the family line. Yeah, right. that as well, mm -hmm. because what she was accustomed to, what she grew up with, that mindset was carried down in generation in generation. So um, the, the fact that I moved across the world, maybe that probably wasn't the fact that I separated myself from my family was was what was hurting. The, the and that's exactly. And that was one of my my next questions. Um in the flow here, it's, it seems to be good because the next question that I had for you, which relates to all of my listeners and to all of the women is we don't get to talk about, we often get to show our successes and especially in the United States, we're very success oriented. Um, 
we're going to show the best of the best of ourselves. We're going to show the best accomplishment, but very rarely do we get to hear and be inspired by our losses Mm -hmm. and our failures and our losses and our failures have more impact on us physiologically, emotionally, and psychologically. A lot of women experience depression. They experience not being seen. Um, They experience not being known. Often they feel trapped or they're like way explosive, like way out there, right? So the balance is off. And if we could bring some light to your expertise, if you could share with us, what are some of your losses and failures and how did you get to the other side so that our listeners can learn something of value from you, from your story? Um, I'm going to bring it back to uh, being a child with red hair um, back into the moment of being laughed at and humiliated as a child. Um, overcoming that and, and, and being, ever since then, I've, I've been hard on myself, right? Because my, it, my goal was to not ever feel that way again, not ever be laughed at again, not ever be judged and criticized ever again. And I want to be the best that I can be, but it's something that I've learned in the best way to deal with what what I was experienced then. Um, it could be seen as a hindrance, and I've learned to balance it over the years because sometimes I keep fixing a, a portrait, I keep fixing it and keep fixing it, and never actually put it out into the world. Mm-hmm. To where I'm like, okay, just 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 put it out there. It may not be perfect. You may not be perfect, but just put it out there. Um, the other thing that like even just stepping outside of my own self as an individual, but becoming a business owner, that's my, I'm, I'm the face of my brand. And potentially I face people laughing at me and I'm basically putting myself in the situation that I've been trying to avoid as a child, but I've grown since then, right? I've overcome things since then. So um, it it's kind of a full circle that I keep, that I keep moving forward and keep learning and keep rediscovering how better I can react to situations so that it doesn't hurting me. When I had uh, my baby, I had been with the man who I had my baby with uh, for 10 years and I had raised his children and I was not wanting to be in that relationship anymore with him. But I stayed in the relationship with him because he had two adopted children and I felt like leaving the relationship would be detrimental to them. I stayed in the relationship, tried to make it work, did everything I could as a woman to be a good, loyal partner. Um, And then when I had, you know, his children had grown, they moved out of the house and then I had my baby. And our agreement was that we would raise the child together so that I could do my work and he could do his work. Uh, Three days after I had my baby, I was sitting there on the phone with my clients doing psychic readings. Uh, Most of them upset that I had taken a break (laughs) to have a baby. (laughs) And the break was like a week. It wasn't like, wow. It wasn't like a month. 
like they do in other countries, how women get supported in other countries to have children. We don't get that support here right. unless you're on welfare, which I wasn't. And I've never been on welfare. I've always raised myself up and done what I needed to do to make my life work. Right. Mm. And three days later, I'm sitting there with a baby on my breast, breastfeeding with a phone in my hand, uh, crying in between sessions. And nobody would have known how hard that experience was for me. Mm -hmm. And all I got from my clients was like, oh, my God, I need to talk to you because you've been gone for a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Three months after I had my child, uh, the man took a job traveling and didn't leave me like clean but took a job traveling and left me with a baby to do everything by myself. That was a major setback for me. Mm -hmm. It was such a major setback that I had to literally, uh, I was in fear, like, and nobody knew, right? Like I was in fear every day, every night, like, how am I going to do all this? How am I going to provide for my clients? How am I going to raise this child? And it was clear for me, like he, you know, he was done raising children. I understood his side, but he didn't come clean with me about it. And so I had to make the choices and I did, and I succeeded. And this is a huge part of my story that as women, we hide the effect of relationships on our life. We hide the things that we go through in order to keep the perception of success up. Tell us a story of something real that really set you back. And I'm going to go with relationship for you. Um, so uh, this was in 2019, right at the end of 2019, 2020. Um, I went for three weeks, almost a month to see my family, to spend time with my, my mom, my dad, my siblings. And uh, I spent Christmas there and New Year's. And I've at this point have been in a relationship for four or five years um, with a man that um, basically bought a house for us to live in. And I started my studio in that house, but he owned it. He, I just paid the rent. Um, and I came back from my vacation and uh, obviously he couldn't or didn't want to go with me. So I went by myself. And I come back and within two days after I come back, uh, we break up. And he basically gives me an ultimatum of um, you either just follow what I want you to follow. He basically was unhappy with me being independent. The more independent I become as a business owner, as an individual, the more he tried to put, put me down. And so he basically gave me an ultimatum and I said, no, I'm leaving. I'm not going to accept this. I'm leaving. And I was probably still on a high from seeing my family and empowered by that. So I took the, I, I took everything that I own. I put it in storage. I called one of my friends, asked her, begged her to stay with her over the weekend and moved out on my own and took my two kitties with me. And two days after that, I found my studio that I'm in now. And, and that year is where it was the hardest uh, the two three months that came in after that uh was the the effect of me making this step right now all of a sudden i'm on my own um i have not been enough uh full-time in my business yet 
it was just a year um, to where like I don't have enough clients steady to pay my bills, but now I've got all of the bills on my own. There's nobody to help me. And it basically made me made me work even harder to where I've decided this is what I want to do and I'm not going to get a second job. I'm not going to have somebody move in with me. I've, I'm just going to work hard and make this work because if I can't make this work, um, it, it was I, it was the do or die. And, and, and I went through it and I survived it and I'm on the other side now, but that was one of the hardest moments for me, I think. Thank you for being so real and candid because these are the things that we don't get to hear when we're upcoming and we don't get to talk about, right? The effect that happens on women from relationship trans transforming from committed to non-committed, uh, the various issues we deal with relationship, being trapped in it, setting ourselves free, all those dynamics. For the people who are listening out there who are committed, they're business owners, they're already succeeding, but they're dealing with something that could be like the make it or break it moment. What do you got to say to them? The they're, the moment like that is one of the hardest moments to make because you're you're leaping the Grand Canyon, right? You don't know what's on the other side. You don't know how deep that well is that you're getting ready to leap over. But making that jump is one of it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. One of the best things that I've ever done. Had the courage to do, and it's super hard. But no that nobody can take that strength away from you. Once you get the strength to make that jump and to thrive after that, nobody will be able to take that strength away from you. It'll be yours to have and yours to command. Well said, Ali. That that is just so inspiring and I can you know just the grit and the commitment and um you know our sorrows should not be hidden. They should be part of what we celebrate as what we went through in our, in our career paths. Exactly. Okay. With everything that you are, I'm going to come to the, to the big questions here as we conclude our session with you today. With everything that you've been through, the transformation with your family, the relationship heartbreaks, successes, discovering your path, committing to it with all that you provide. Do you feel that financially your income reflects your investment? Not yet. Thank you. What I would like to see is this. Can you commit to charging more money for your work? Yes, because I know I need to. And will you be willing, based on this interview, will you be willing to start to call other women out on where they hold themselves back? Absolutely. Yes. We want this to be a transformational moment where people start to get inspired to call people out on who they really are and to keep going but to not, uh, we want to stir the pot because not everything is light, right? Not everything is, is perfect. Part of what makes us whole is, is 
the darkness. Right. So Ali Serrano located Tampa, Florida. Darling, could you give out all of your information? Uh, so my website is alishanoportraits.com. Um, I am on Instagram as either Ali Sharano photographer or Ali Sharano portraits. I am on uh, Facebook as uh, Ali Sharano portraits. Uh, I am on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. Just search Ali Sharano portraits and I'll, you'll find me. Um, you can also text me uh, at 813-501-7250. That's my business number. Um, so um, absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today. I am ecstatic. If you have anybody that you would like to uh, refer to us to be interviewed, please do so. This is Priestess Shoshana with Temple de la Luna. I am a mambo. I am a healer, an herbalist, a somatic healer. I worked in witchcraft, shamanism, and spirituality since I was very young. I have an incredibly eclectic background, but more than that, I have been forged in the fires of life. I have a mission and a calling to help support women, support women. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you next month when we unveil our next interview.